must a man walk down before they call him a man? Running down dogma with his karma. This is the Drew Marshall Show. White dove sail before she sleeps in the sand. How many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever bad? So this is one of my favorite ABBA songs. Yeah, those guys were good. They're good, eh? I mean, they spoke English pretty good for being from Sweden. <laughs> Well, they're pretty awesome. Sometimes you go for funny and you miss. Yes, completely. Singer-songwriter Noel Stuckey has been altering the musical and ethical landscape of this country and of the world for decades, both as Paul of the legendary trio Peter, Paul, and Mary, and as an independent musician who believes passionately in bringing the spiritual element into the practice of daily life. You know what? Sometimes I get reading these bios and I mm-hmm. think, I don't... <laughs> I'd rather talk to them than read the bio. Yeah. Will I offend them if I do that? Let me just do the website here, uh, .com, and But I specifically want to point out onelightmanycandles.org. Onelightmanycandles.org. Because also joining Noel Paul Stuckey would be his smoking hot wife, Betty. Hello, Betty and Noel. How are you? <laughs> I do. Good. Well, we like but ABBA you know too. You got the people on that song. Oh, huh? oh, I'm so. It, it wasn't ABBA. It wasn't. I'm so sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. I thought I did my research well. Well, let's see if I can make up for my poor research and and let's jump into this conversation. It's so fun to have both of you on the phone, especially you, Toilet Man. Can you still do that? Huh? Can you still do that? I can. It's one of the few remaining capacities that I have at the age of 77. <laughs> well, that's because you're hanging out near it more these days. Uh, well, perhaps it's, that's true, but I do love the fact that you referred to ABBA because it was a family favorite. We took the kids when we were in Australia doing a tour. When I was doing a solo tour there, we took them to, the, uh, to an ABBA concert. Do you remember that, Betty? I sure do. That was really, really exciting. I remember our daughter, who was, I don't know, maybe seven or eight then, turned to us and said, Mom, do you think they could come to Maine? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Just so, yeah. That's nice. It was lovely. Well, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Noel, is that, is that the kind of thing people actually, do they, is it still a party party trick that you do? Do people come up to you and say, please do the toilet? Do they do that? <laughs> well, I think people like you are I hope not. curious about it. <laughs> <laughs> but... But we have, you know, I have to, I rely on electronics for the, uh, for the goodness of it, because it's a lot about proximity of microphone. Yeah. But I, I, and I certainly, you know, humbly uh, reflect upon the fact that Bob Dylan referred to me as Toilet Man in some article that he was quoted in. That's fantastic. I, I you know, I love Jonathan Winters. Uh, oh, yeah. And his, and his capacity to storytell, and you know, a lot of life is the telling our stories to each other, and his capacity to integrate the sound effects into the stories, to make them more real, to, to bring an audience into the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were sort of the comedian of the group to begin with, but then Mary, I guess, became the comedian. True? That is true. There was kind of a metamorphosis that happened. She became more and more empowered, as it were, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, I became more introspective uh, because... The uh, the change in my life spiritually in the late 60s just sort of commanded me to look at both sides of an issue. You know, to keep my sense of humor, 
but to look at the authenticity of a circumstance and uh, try to be there for it. So I used to I used to tell Betty I need to have a T-shirt that says "Life is too short not to be Italian." Oh, beautiful! What I what I was after as an only child who had lived a very cautionary life among adults, what I was after was the elimination of all of the process of thinking. I just wanted to move in what I felt was, well, you know, as I look back on it now from 77 years, what, what I recognize now is really love's leading. You know, you'd like to be there all the time, you know, and we we're so defensive in our, in our life's postures. And, uh, so I became much more serious on stage, as you can tell from this conversation now. <laughs> and Mary became Mary became the uh, social commenter, and and boy did she hate high tech. Yeah, that was that was her realm of uh, of making fun. She said, "Do you remember when the telephone was black and you sit in a, on a table in the hallway and you never had to ask where it was?" That was a great line that she had. Um, folks, I. I really want to pay a little more attention, and sorry, Noel. I mean, I know you're kind of a big deal, and people know you and stuff. But I want to get I want to get the spotlight on Betty here. Do you mind? Do you mind not hogging the spotlight right now? <laughs> uh, Betty, we've got to talk about this one light many candles gig that you do, because uh, well, I want to let our listeners know, especially in California, that you've got a gig coming up March four. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't call it a gig, but March fourteenth. Uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church in Ventura, California, you are doing your, you, well, both of you, you do it together, this One Light, Many Candles uh, thing. So how do we describe right. this thing? It's at 6 o'clock. Um, well, it's a, I call it a multi-faith program, and it's in word and song. Um, and it's a, it's a program of, of readings and music that kind of um, reflect the diversity and integrity of the individual faith while, while look, looking for a global spiritual community. That might be too wordy. But um, basically, we're trying to say that um, no one has an exclusive claim on God and that God is available for all of us, uh, no matter what our path is, as long as that path is based on love. Hmm. So, And we, we address that through um, I do readings from Martin Luther King and um, the Dalai Lama and Buddha and St. Francis, et cetera, et cetera. And in between each reading, Noel does one of his really beautiful uh, original songs, not the Peter Cornelius songs, but right. the ones that he's written, right. which are gorgeous. So I'm thinking about you you guys having three daughters and and me asking you which one do you love the most and how that, <laughs> mi- and how that might correlate with One Light and Many Candles. <laughs> well, I, I can't. I love all of them, and I think Noel would say the same thing. There are three really, truly remarkable individual women. Um, I think of them more as friends than children. They're 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 just beautiful people. And what did you say? How does that reflect to the one light many candles? Well, I know. I was just thinking about the correlation of that question. You know, as somebody at, saying sure. to you, you have three daughters. Which one do you love the most, and how that correlates with your one light many candles? Um, event. I think it certainly is uh, God's capacity and uh, desire to know each of us individually. You know, the divine has its place in all of our lives equally, and I don't think that there's a judgment. You know, we are all we are all creatures of this incredible love that begat the world. So I think that's the correlation you're, you're yeah, referring yeah. to. Yeah, and you're talking about Big L. 
right? Yeah, yeah you yeah. got that. Got it. Yeah. Um, are you, by the way, are you visiting one of your your West Coast daughter right now? She's here she's right visiting now. Us, yeah. Yeah. Outside, but she's visiting us. We, Wait, we rented a house here. Oh, you've rented. Oh, nice. Okay, but, but you still have your place over in Maine, right? Yes, we do. Good. Yeah. My yeah. the reason I wanted to clear that up is I want to just make sure that you still have to shovel snow. Uh, being a guy from Toronto. <laughs> Well, only in December and early January, and then we take off. And when, okay. hopefully, by the time we get back, it will be melted. But I don't know. There are five feet drifts on our porch oh. in Maine, so I mean, it's it's been brutal. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, it was tough this year. Uh, t- can you? Yeah. Which one of you wants to tell us the love story? I'm I I am a love junkie, man. I love hearing how people like. For example, who made the first move when you guys were back in high school? Um. <laughs> Well, we we double dated in high school. We never went out together. I had my eye on him because he was a really cool, nerdy kind of guy. But <laughs> I was trying so hard to be the popular cheerleader that I couldn't associate with him. So I just had to look at him from afar. <laughs> but he was really—I mean, he had his own band, and he did the morning announcements in the in the at the high school, and he had a cartoon strip in the newspaper. I mean, he's really. Uh, and, he, and he did drumstick ball. He played the drumstick ball with his band, and he was just cool. Man. But I wasn't into cool then, so I had to wait until I grew up a little bit and um, met him later in New York on a subway. <laughs> really? Oh. Hold on. You just randomly ran into each other on a subway, and you went, hey, yeah. hey, and then you went out for coffee or something? Yeah, isn't that cool? I mean, I, I was coming... I was coming was I coming up or going down? No, I can't remember. Into the subway. You, you, and, you uh, were headed. You, you were on a date. You were headed for a date. <laughs> no. And Noel showed up and said, "Oh, I'll come with you," um, which my date didn't appreciate. <laughs> oh, you! I mean, had, you know that's that's too big a coincidence to ignore. Yeah. That's... And we had a very very long friendship, um, and things got serious, and and. Uh, I didn't really want to get married, so I ran away to France. And um, as you do, a year in yeah. And when I came back, everything, all the feelings were still there. So we got married. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, okay, well, um, Betty, can you tell us about this dream you had when you were thirteen? Oh my gosh, how do you know about that? Um, I was there. I- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I dreamt that I was coming into this all-white room. It was the white walls and a big, long white curtain on the right-hand side and a, a um, mantelpiece on which there was a statue, which I later found out was Buddha. I didn't know it at the time. And I stepped down into the room. There were two white couches facing each other. And as I stepped into the room, the curtains parted, and this incredible, loving, beautiful voice said, This is all yours. And uh, I, I woke up so excited I, because I looked out at the curtain had parted and out there were all the people in the world, um, children, fathers, mothers, elderly people, all races, all religions, and they were all happy together. I mean, they were all getting along and it was the whole world. And I just, it just blew my mind. And I think that's where the, the germination for this program actually started back then what kind of a 13 year old has a dream like that i mean were you doing drugs then or something or like what? <laughs> it's pretty weird isn't it i mean it's really uh i think that's hey, why when, so when did joan when did joan of arc start I mean, she yeah. was called at the age of 14 or 15 wasn't she yeah 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 wow. yeah, yeah. Um, well, i'm not joan of arc no 
Yeah, I know, but I still love the child in you. Oh, my goodness. You guys want to have a moment here, or what? <laughs> we always have a moment. Well, okay, this is a nice segue. Uh, the wedding song. I want to know how you guys have how you guys have done it. Wait, that's not. I didn't mean it. I know how you do it, but uh, uh, how have you been married for over fifty years? Right? I'm sure people ask you that. I mean, have you ever lived in the same house but on separate floors? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but it's it's been hard. It's been very hard, and I think any woman who is married to a well-known person, a celebrity of any kind, will tell you that it's a very, very difficult road. Um, if Noah weren't the wonderful person that he is, I don't think we would still be married. He's, he really makes everything uh, light and fun, and, um, you know, he doesn't get mad at when I'm crabby, and he makes me laugh a lot, and, it's, you know, it hasn't been easy. I packed my bags a few times, but I came back. And it's also a two-way street, you know. Uh, the fact is, I turn to Betty for that kind of solid knowledge and, and confirmation of what the reality, what the beautiful reality of life is. And aside from, from, you know, giving me three wonderful, wonderful daughters, she gives me a sense of proportion about life. And all of the successful marriages that I've ever heard of in show business are pretty much based on the fact that the guy married his high school sweetheart or married somebody who knew him before he got yeah. twisted out of yeah. by, uh, you know, by fame. And Betty and I have many of the same friends that we had in high school. Um, so there's, this, there's a continuity that really helps keep uh, the head screwed on straight. You know, I, I was going to ask if you've ever written a song about your tough times in your marriage, but then I realized you wrote If I Had a Hammer. So there it is. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> okay, so Noel grew up with a Catholic mom and your dad was a Mormon, but I read somewhere that he left Mormonism. Somebody called him an ex-Mormon. Is that true? <laughs> Oh, I don't think he ever referred, except distantly, to the fact that the family was Mormons. I mean, I, I think he probably was gone from that persuasion, that particular faith persuasion, by the time he was eleven or twelve. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So, so would you say Catholicism ruled the roost, or was that nominal as well? No, I think in their compromise, in their faithful compromise, they kept. They they kept the image and the sensibility of uh, the divine at the center of their my mom and dad's relationship, but they never got hung up on the tags. I mean, I remember asking my mom once about Jesus, and and she said, uh, "Well, no, he." And this is she was the Catholic of the family. She said, "Well, no, he may or may not have been." the son of God that people think he is, but he was a pretty wonderful man. Hmm. And I remember being impacted by that, and, and therefore all of the uh, subsequent information that I absorbed uh, about uh, Christ was just, I don't know, somehow a confirmation, you know, of that earlier vision and that understanding. That's not to say, and I think it's important that both that you understand that Betty and I acknowledge that there is an incredible mystery at work here. Hmm. And we do our best as human beings to try to describe it. But our terms and our labels are most, most usually exclusively our perspective and that we, 
this whole one light many candles is an attempt to uh, uh, encourage people that their perspective on how they are being affected by love is just as valid with their name, you know, their their terms as ours is. I just want to remind our listeners we're on the phone with Noel Paul Stuckey from Peter, Paul, and Mary, and uh, Betty Stuckey, who is from Betty's parents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I made no, sorry, being a goofball here. Uh, so this profound spiritual experience that you had, uh, Noel, backstage, I think it was, mm. you broke down and apologized mm. to that which you did not know. That's a good way to put it. You used to call it being born again, but don't call it okay. now no 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 no. i would say that was being born again but not in not in the evangelical happy clappy way right <laughs> i was pretty happy but yeah, <laughs> i think what it is i think what it is is as you look back at your experience and you try to equate it with those people who have had similar experiences you recognize a kind of coincidence and the coincidence here is we're born once of the flesh, obviously, you know, we come out, we cry, uh, and we grow, and then, you know, we really, as Jesus told Nicodemus, must be born again. Now, whatever that means, uh, it's got to happen. That is to say, each of us goes through our personal crisis where I think we face and answer the question, what is really most important in life? And Betty's may have happened as in her dream and not as a confrontation so much as a, an awakening. But for me, it was a confrontation because I had ignored that which is important in my life. And so I would have to still call it a reborn experience, though, you know, not not in a strict yeah. uh, Christian. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but uh, I mean, Betty, you there was a point where, you know, Noel started using terminology that made you roll your eyes about You're this experience, kidding. right? That was one of the times I packed my bags, yeah. Really? Very, very hard to li live with for a very long time. And um, I think that uh, what got me through was I, I believe in angels, and I believe that there are people in our lives who are sent by God, if you want to call it that, and who, uh, if we listen and if we're aware and are open, will direct us in uh, a correct path. And I think that during that time there were two women who um, just um, helped me, helped me to see that uh, all, all would be well, and so I stayed, and all was well, and I think that's probably one of the secrets of a long marriage is not to quit. There's lots of opportunities to quit, <laughs> yeah. but if you can hang in there, unless it's abusive or there's alcohol or something like yeah. that, if you can hang in there, you've got a lot, a lot to work with later on, it just adds to your marriage man you know the inspirational value that comes with being married for for more than 50 years to the rest of us in the world is in <laughs> is intangible it is just because it's such a rarity sadly and it especially you know i mean you've heard this a million times especially in the biz right yeah um okay well hold on speaking of the biz um but you think back to uh the bitter end coffee house in greenwich village Albert Grossman, Peter Yarrow, Mary Travers, hanging with Pete Seeger, you know, and you, uh, Noel, being the MC comedian, singer, roommate with Tom Paxton guy. Do you ever wake up and go, wow, that seems like it was just yesterday, or does it seem like it never happened? It was so long ago. Like, how, what's the contrast for you, being the 77-year-old rock star you are now? 
I think it's it's a little like a road trip. Uh, you do remember uh, everything, although it takes every once in a while a postcard or a photograph to remember it uh, more acutely. But some of those friends uh, are still with me. Tom Paxton, you know, for sure. I mean, we lost Dave Van Ronk. We lost Pete Seeger. And, uh, you know, and then there are those are those folks were uh, tangibly close to me. Somebody like Dylan, who was an acquaintance, you know, has moved off into a hyper strata, uh, you know, level of life that is just not what Betty and I aspire to. You know, we're we're pretty Midwestern, I think, in our yeah. in our tastes and our. Uh, you know, our comfort level. Um, and I really have not done, I, I'm not on a trajectory from where I was that keeps yearning for something higher. Uh, Benny and I are continually surprised and delighted by uh, the opportunities and the, uh, that occur to a, a for us and the blessings that we've already shared uh, you know, it's it's kind of a confirmation, you know, rather than a remembrance of the past, but a confirmation that you know maybe this maybe this is the right path. You know, maybe we are doing the right things. Maybe we did bring our kids up right by moving to the country and instilling in them a kind of resp- personal responsibility to each of them, whether it was you know gathering eggs or shoveling snow or. Or, you know, some of the plain-faced hardships that uh, country life brought to the family, I think, ultimately was faithful or was uh, productive. And that's really, all of those memories are wrapped up, and none of them are so far away that I can't touch them. All right, so all of that is to say that you're pretty stinking earthy people. I think so, yeah. Yeah, we're pretty literally more, pretty literally more than figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if I had a hammer blowing in the wind, pop the magic dragon 500 miles, where have all the flowers gone? Bob Denver's leaving on a jet plane. You know, I... I I first heard. Do you remember Bob Denver from? Oh yeah, from Gilligan's Country Island. Road, <laughs> take me home. So he got introduced by by uh, I want to say Martha and Mandela's, but it wasn't. Uh, I was doing a benefit concert, and I was having each of the performers when they completed their act introduce the next act. I was producing, and somebody introduced John as Bob Denver. <laughs> it was one of those great moments in Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I first heard all these songs when I was, you know, a, a punk young teenager. I was sitting around in some living room with a bunch of teenagers at a Young Life meeting, singing out of the Young Life chorus book, songbook, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I think about the you know the fact that folk music carries an ethical imperative. You know, if you're gonna yeah. if you're going to to sing me, you have to live me. I think somebody famous said that one time, right? No. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh-huh. that is certainly something that we learned. Yeah. But but have you ever you know, and both of you really? I mean, have you ever looked back on something you've protested and realized that you were either ignorant or wrong? Oh, ignorant, um, yes. <laughs> uh, but never, but never, but fortunately, never wrong. Huh? Yeah. I I think when you come down, you know what Betty to to underline what Betty said previously. I think is if the path is love, then you're on the right track. Right. And, you know, even even Pete Seeger's hard-edged 
take sometimes on politics, had inside of it buried a kernel of compassion and, and a sense of the community that we've been given as human beings. And he always reached for that, whether it was in the singing or whether it was a selection of songs or whether it was his beautiful, beautiful, innocent attempts to to sing in another language. I mean, the man wore his heart on his sleeves. And yes, you're right. Folk music does invite that kind of participation from all of us. But, but what's the difference, guys, between uh, an activist today and an activist back in your Delta U days at Michigan State? <laughs> Go for it, Betty. Well, I, I just think that, um, I don't know. I, I was asking somebody uh, somewhere about folk music. It was We met some people at a concert in Ventura, and they were singing, taking a show to Broadway, and um, they were doing folk music, but he was a young guy, and I went up and said, is anybody doing folk music now? I mean, who, who's doing that? And uh, he said, it's the rappers. It's huh. the rappers that are, are carrying that kind of ball that, that you know, the folk music. Um, I don't see people getting all upset like we did then. I mean, you know, the March on Washington was a big deal. And everybody was like, we, we meant it when we sang those words, you know? Um, please, please, know. please don't give me any any reason to like hip-hop or rap. Please don't oh, give me any reason. <laughs> Some of it, some of it really isn't bad, though. Honestly, if you can understand it, <laughs> it's hard to understand. It. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah. That's my take on it. Well, of course, today being the fiftieth anniversary of the uh, of the Selma march, oh, yes. you course. know. I think, uh, of course, a little bit later, you know, the year you guys performed, if I had hammer and blowing in the wind, the 63 March on uh, on Washington, best remembered, of course, for Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. I'm I'm just going to get weird on you guys here, okay? And you were, you were there as well, right, Betty? I was not. I had a young baby then, and I did not want to go into that group of people. Okay, yeah, totally get that. Okay, well, let me let me shift over to Noel. Dude, you were there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, in retrospect, it appears to be, but at the moment, it was what what was called for. No, but do you not do you yeah. not remember looking around and going, "I can't believe this. This is so surreal." Oh, it didn't seem surreal to me. It seemed part of a movement, Drew. Wow. I mean, it it was straight ahead. I've totally believed. I mean, Mary, Peter, and I, when we sang "Where Have All the Flowers Gone," we honestly believed that within a couple of years, the world would be at peace. <laughs> if everybody felt the way our audience did and the way we did and the way the music told us uh, that we were going to feel, then, you know, where, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, some 50 years later, we are faced with enormous challenges, particularly in the Mideast, you know, whether it's between Israeli and Palestinian, or whether it's ISIS, or whether it's Iraq, or Iran, the challenge, nuclear challenge from Iran, or whether it's a nuclear challenge from Korea. I mean, there are many demands upon us. But the one thing, Benny and I, you know, when we come together, we, we speak in philosophic terms, which is quite often, you know, the rarity, because most times it's, did you get the milk or did you pick up the grocery list? Or the, It's more pragmatic. But when we speak in philosophic terms, we talk about how the heart of the world is shifting now from a political expression 
to a spiritual expression. And that's why I think One Light, Many Candles is such an important outreach. Totally. Because we uh, my, are... My feeling is that people, that people are really, really hungry for um, some kind of spiritual identity that they can identify with. I think churches aren't reaching people, or I won't say all, but some churches are not reaching people anymore. They, they, uh, they don't identify. Mm. And... I think everybody's kind of hungry for something that's bigger. Um, and I don't, I don't know who's doing that, but we have people come to us later and say, where can I find what you're talking about? Where can I find this? Yeah. And I don't know where it is. Um, well, it's at onelightmanycandles.org. That's where it is. <laughs> okay, I just want to go out, just real quickly talking about, um, first of all, one of my all-time favorites is Sting and his adaptation of uh, a Solon uh, he does. He, does mm-hmm. he calls it a soul cake. Oh man, that is just love it. And then you know the connection between you guys and our Canadian hero, Three Chord Gord, is um, you know you recorded Early Morning Rain. That's what you get for loving me. And you know, yeah, I, I don't forget Skip. Don't forget Skip Protop. Oh, you know we uh, we did a lot of work with him. He he was the drummer on I Dig Rock and Roll Music and. Uh, yeah, I tell you, Toronto, Canada in particular, whether it was animation or the Canadian, it was all about the Canadian support of the arts. You guys are great. Yeah. Well, such a beautiful job. I'm embarrassed to admit I totally forgot about the Skip Prokop connection. Skip's a buddy of mine, has been on the show many oh. times, and uh, and he is he is he is a school of hard knocks lover of god i mean that guy has has been in hot pursuit of the creator for years and has tripped over more you know blocks whether he's put them in front of him or somebody else has there's a survivor and a battler and he just keeps looking upwards uh, so i uh, i will say hello on your behalf to skip uh, today and to bb as well because peter and i shared a stage with him at the uh, at the celebration of the 50th the fiftieth anniversary of the March on Washington. Right. Yep. Okay. Can you stop dropping names, please? Uh, <laughs> Noel, Paul, Stuckey from Peter, Paul, and Mary. Can you stop dropping names, please? Um, <laughs> you, you guys just seem. I don't know. I just like you. I don't want to get mushy. I just like you. Well, well then we'll have to talk again. Well, we like you too, Drew. I love the way you have done your homework, and I love the questions that you're asking. You're very good at it. Oh shucks. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Really, it's a pleasure. Well, I'm I'm a lyric junkie because uh, feel only gets you so far. I don't think I've been a fan. I've just I've, maybe I've been a student of yours from a distance for a, from afar from a distance from afar. That's from the Department of Redundancy Department. Yeah, you're a great lyricist too, Drew. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And I, anyway, I just want to end by saying thanks. Thank you very, very much. Folks, again, website you want to go to is onelightmanycandles.org. Please check it out. Uh, Noel Paul Stuckey and Betty Stuckey, what a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. It's been a pleasure for us. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Can you believe I just talked to Paul? Oh, yeah, that's amazing, man. So fun. Very cool. I'm gonna go, we're going to go with that song they sang at the, the monument, the Washington Monument. Yeah, March. where have all the flowers yeah. gone? Man, this has been one of my favorite shows. We'll be right back. Where have all the young girls gone Long time ago Where have all the young girls gone Gone for husbands everyone Oh, when will they ever learn Oh, when will they 
It's hard to find quality guest speakers these days. If they're interesting, they're usually expensive. And if they're cheap, they're usually boring. Well, here's someone who's both expensive and boring. Drew Marshall is a high school dropout who tried to become a pro football player but didn't make it. He then tried to become a firefighter and didn't make it. Now he's trying to become a stand-up comic. (laughs) Good luck with that, Mr. Marshall. But... If you're looking for someone who's unpredictable, incredibly honest, provocative, genuine, then we've got the right guy. Everyone seems to be an expert on something these days. Why not book someone who's an expert on nothing? Except how to be brutally honest about yourself and your faith. To book Drew Marshall as your guest speaker, go to drewmarshall.ca. 